This is Conventional Wisdom, a podcast about the polity, procedure, and people of the Southern Baptist Convention. I am Luke Holmes. I am pastor of First Baptist Tishomingo, Oklahoma. Been here 12 years, a small church in a small town. And I'm a history nerd, and I love the inner workings of the SBC. I'm Keith Meyer, and I'm the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church in Salisbury, Maryland. I'm the associational missionary for the Eastern Baptist Association on the eastern shore of Maryland. Luke, you and I have been talking about the need for another Southern Baptist podcast for more than a year. Uh, Do you want to take a minute and share what you hope will be different about what we're planning to do? Yeah, people might groan at the idea of another podcast, but as I said, I love the SBC, but I also love the story behind the story. You know, not just what we do, they're is lots of opining about what goes on and hot takes about this or that, but I'd really like to get into the why. I'd like to highlight the people behind the decisions that we make, hear from them in their own words. Uh, Sometimes on the floor of the convention, even it is so short that we don't have time to explain ourselves and uh, get that out. And so I I hope we're able to do that here. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, And I think that's part of what has uh, kind of sparked us working together. I find that quite a few of the podcasts by SBC personalities, they're either ministry driven or they're opinion driven or they're issue focused, but they don't really discuss the mechanics. And that means that, that a lot of people who are talking about the SBC on Twitter or listening in or trying to figure out what's going on, don't really have an accurate sense of the way that that we work, the way that we make decisions. I I also feel like there's a lot of valuable things that happen, particularly in the area of resolutions. Um, Some of the, uh, some of the decisions that we make um, are, are, are made and then they just suddenly retreat into history. We forget about them. Um, So we produce, uh, we, we, we spend an enormous amount of energy producing resolutions, debating them. And then, it's almost like they're never talked about again. And, and I, I feel like there's, there's, um, there's just a lot there that we rush on from because the meeting is so compacted. Um, I want to say too, that I'm excited about working with you. I've been involved in SBC Twitter, if that's like an official thing since about 2020, which doesn't feel very long. Um, but in that time, a lot, I, has, I've really come to a lot has happened in that time. It, it, yeah, it's three years that feel like 30, right? Um, but, but I've consistently found you to be a, a grounded voice. You, you have a, a love for history. You dig into old annuals and things and, and, and bring out perspectives that I, I just find so helpful. Um, plus, you're kind of a, I think at the moment, you're a convention superstar. You've written Resolution 1 two years in a row. Um, and and both of those are on topics that I'm interested in. So that's, I don't know, you're kind of, you're a rising star as far as, uh, convention floor personality. Well, I don't know about that. I don't want to be a person that when I stand up at the mic and they, and I say my name, everybody groans. I don't want to be that guy, but, uh, I think it's, I think it's important, like you said, that to discuss the mechanics of things and the motions about, I, you said the SBC is confusing. I talk to pastors in my own association who don't really know how it works, and these are pastors. And so the people in our pews really don't have an understanding of it. And I would say 
that the last few years of the annual meeting has showed when people stand up and give resolutions or motions or things, there are some people who don't understand how that works. So I hope that we're able to go through some of that. Uh, I am the kind of person who who digs through old annuals and minutes and meetings because that's just the kind of nerd I am. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for this too. So you want to talk about SBC 2023? Yeah. You, you start us off. Yeah, um, I think that um, if, if I could pull out one, I mean, the first topic, I think that like something that was exceptional or different. Um, I wasn't able to attend Nashville, but I, I watched the whole thing. And then I was in Anaheim last year. And um, no disrespect to uh, previous presidents, but the moderation was absolutely different. Um, I think that Bart's leading of the meeting was just masterful. I, I don't know what your thoughts or opinions on that yeah, are. I think, and I, I kind of think that's what it would be like if Andy Griffith moderated a business meeting. Even when he had to call people down, he's like, now you're out of order. Hate to tell you, but I'm going to have to rule you out of order. We're going to cut off your mic here in just, just a minute now. And so it was very, it was very kind. Even when he had to lay down the law, he was very kind about it. Yeah. And, and I, I think there are several instances there, there were times where I feel like he, there, there is a, Hey, you're out of order and we're going to move on kind of a, a, a thing that I feel like has to happen. Um, but there were times where, and I think multiple times where he said, I think this is what you're trying to do. And so we're going to turn it into that, which is completely uncharacteristic, I think, of what I've seen over the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I, it's also interesting because Bart's church still regularly has actual business meetings. And because his church is much smaller than most the previous people who've been presidents, I think many of them are not used to running a business meeting like that. I think lots of small church pastors are used to being the moderator and standing up and calling for new business and kind of ducking and worry what's going to come at him. But uh, so I think Bart has a lot of skill that way and that he's done that for a long time. I thought in my recent mind, uh, JD in Nashville, I think was probably the best I'd seen. He was very freewheeling and loose. And I think that part of that comes with knowing that you can't be elected again. Right. <laughs> so right. you're a lot more loose at it. I noticed Bart kind of loosened up some after the election too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm wondering if the, the, the recent, um, the recent lists of candidates that have been put forward as the SBC president, like the people who, um, who, who are, who, who will this, the person who's going to lead us into the future be? I do wonder, um, I don't think that parliamentarian has shown up on that list over the last couple of years. It's been, it's been a particular theology or a particular view on an issue, but the ability to lead the meeting does not really seem to have been a key requirement or a focus of being president. And I think that's foolish. Yeah. And that's really important because, you know, there's a good portion of the crowd that will be hostile towards you for lack of a better word. That's kind of harsh, but you know what I mean? They, or they think that you're out to get them, but, uh, you know, Barr was gracious in extending time. And, you know, 
I kind of, I like the motion where the guy uh, wanted to pray for Israel. He's like, well, is anybody against praying for Israel? All right, let's do it. <laughs> and yeah, that that's funny because you don't really, most of the times a business meeting, you don't really need Robert's rules, but when you need them, you like to really need them. And so that's right. like that time, we don't need to go through the motions and vote and all that. Just pray and move on, you know. You know, the, the guy who wanted to pray for Israel, I'm pretty sure that on videos I've watched of past years, I think he's tried to amend the BFM to include a statement on Israel. Yeah. Like he showed up several times trying to to do something. And and it feels like um, he he doesn't get his BFM amendment. He doesn't um, he, he doesn't accomplish his goal. But there in that moment, um, man, what a what a refreshing thing. I just, that really warmed my heart when Bart said, we're going to do it right now. Um, I just thought what a kind and, and encouraging thing to do. Um, yeah. It's, you know, so moving for that guy to make him feel valued. It's hard. Yeah. I think, uh, I think most guys who show up to the meeting don't expect their voice to be heard. I mean, they're going to vote or whatever, but there are a few guys who stand up and, make motions and all that, but there's a few who are just really wanting to be heard. They don't have a lot of followers on social media and they don't have clout and they don't have a big church, but this is kind of their moment and not in a bad way. It's their moment to say, Hey, this is important to me. And uh, I think Bart did a good job of making those people feel valued. Uh, and, and that, I mean, in a way, isn't that the purpose of, of, of why we operate under democratic processes yeah. like that, that, that it, anybody, literally anybody can go to a mic if they're a messenger and, yeah. and let their voice be heard. You don't have to be the leader of a contingent. You don't need to be a mega church pastor. You don't need to be an author. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's crazy. You, you can know, just the, speak. the mic, you know, Rick Warren had to go to a mic like anybody else. I mean, there's not a bigger name in, evangelicalism over the past 30, 40 years. And he had to stand at his mic and introduce himself. He didn't get to go to the stage. The seminary presidents, when they make motions or past presidents, they stand there like everybody else. So I do think when the microphones went out occasionally, I felt bad for the sound guys. I texted my sound guy. was like, hey, don't feel bad because it's going on here too. I feel bad, but I also wow. kind of take a bit of delight in it, you know? Like if it happens to them, it's sure going to happen to me. They tried to play a video oh, yeah. and there was no audio, but the microphones went out because I kicked them. I think you were sitting by it. And yeah, that's right. And that's right. By accident. And then they all went out. So I'm sorry, Jonathan. Yeah. For, for anybody, uh, you know, who our, our, our place where we were sitting was right by Mike three. Um, I was actually in the row right in front of Rick Warren. Um, and, uh, but, but out of camera and, uh, yeah, you came around the corner and accidentally kicked the mic and we, uh, we harassed you a little bit there, but then the mics actually went out after that. Tell me about, uh, we got to move on the, you yeah. were, you were very involved in the, uh, the survivor presence and the abuse reform implementation task force and all that. Yeah. I think that, um, I, I, I think that I was encouraged that survivors were there. There was a, uh, there was a really, 
a good opportunity for them. There was a, a breakout room where they were able to just congregate and be if they didn't want to be in the main session. And a lot of good connections formed among them there and, and, and many of them so that they walked away encouraged by that component. Um, bit frustrated um, at the lack of at, at the lack of real progress um, at, you know, we, we've got a website that's got dummy names in it. And I think that's frustrating to them. But uh, I think that after a year of controversy from Anaheim to, um, to New Orleans, what you have at the end of the year is a messenger base that is still committed um, overwhelmingly to, to uh, reform in this area. Um, and I, I think that what's encouraged, encouraging about the renewal is I think that, that there are a lot of people who, who are there who, you know, they want to make their sanctuary safe spaces. They're, they've become aware of the need to respond properly if there's an abuse disclosure in their church. But they don't, they're not experts on the denomination. They don't know how to fix this, this, this system that we have, the most complex denomination that's ever existed, I think. Um, and so um, extending it, extending the task force for another year is a, is a good move. And it gives, it gives the task force time to accomplish its goals, which I think is, is, is good. And, uh, and I think they've worked really hard to demonstrate that though there's disagreement on how to do certain things, that nobody's, there's no malicious intent here. You know, there's no desire to, um, uh, they, they want to serve the convention well. And so I was, I was really encouraged by that. Yeah, I think I, I wish we could have spent more time on it. And this is part of another discussion too, but everything just felt very rushed. And as monumental as that has been, I think it was really important that we spend time on it and they talk about what they're doing. So I, I'm not privy to any, any of those discussions about what the task force is doing, but I know it's, you know, they need to do it right. And I know that takes time. And, and these people are all volunteers, of course, they're giving their time and trying to work together and find the best way to do it. And so um, I think I was glad they renewed it for another year because that's important. And I think, I don't think there's anyone there who's against any of those, any of those reforms. And we've seen in other conventions or denominations that has not been the case. Even I think the Presbyterians were meeting at the same time and they dealt with some of the same issues in different ways. So. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I think that there are a lot of, um, there are just, there are a lot of pieces that are very difficult to, um, they're, they're just difficult to discern. How do we, how do we handle certain issues, particularly when, when you're at a distance from it? It's just, it's, it's tough if you're, if you're not involved in all the conversations. And so, um, yeah. Hey, so you mentioned that you felt things felt really rushed at the meeting. Yeah, they, everything did, you know, the, the amending of the law amendment, the amending of the amendment um, came to the floor you know, that was Wednesday afternoon. And then Jared Cornett's motion about changing the BFM to elder overseer, uh, that felt rushed too. I, I wish we had longer time for business. I 
I don't, I personally don't think we should vote on those things on Wednesday afternoon. And I know people will say we need to be in the room and all that, but some people have to get back for church. Some people have family. There's all sorts of reasons that people aren't able to come to that afternoon thing for one reason or another. But I think if we're mending our governing documents, that should be done on Tuesday afternoon, you know, when we know everybody's going to be there. But the Committee on Order Business just has everything packed in there so much. Right, right. Yeah, I, I feel like, um, I, and I know this might be unpopular, but I, I feel like the uh, the solution to that might be to constrict, and I know some people have talked about expanding the, um, the program, but um, constricting the amount of time that we spend singing or, you know, uh, limiting some of the time on some of the other uh, presentations that we've got. Um, you know, the, uh, we, we do have uh, quite a bit of, of time devoted towards updates, um, North American mission board, international mission board. I know that the sending ceremony is super important. I wouldn't ever dream of, of rolling that back, but I do think that um, there's a lot of, a, a lot of the report, the actual report could be done for some of these entity heads in the form of a video um, and, and just be limited. How do you, how do you create more time without adding more days? I don't know. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they used to meet, I mean, you and I were talking before they used to meet for several days, they used to go all the way into Friday. They used to meet for a whole week. Of course, you were coming by train to get there or horse or even before automobiles or anything. And so, you wanted to make the most of your time, but they do mm -hmm. spend a lot of time reporting. The seminary reports are all pretty short. They're supposed to be around three or four minutes. We got six of them. I mean, that's only 20 minutes. You know, it's kind of, I'm not sure how much time we could save even by removing some of those things. I wonder if some of those things could be delivered on video beforehand and let PE mm -hmm. share them, you know, those could be done. I mean, those guys script all that stuff out and have all that. Mm -hmm. They're not up there wing, winging it or something. They all have the capabilities to produce that. And those could be released beforehand, you know, and then they could still stand up for questions when it's their time, because that's important, I think. But um, finding the time is really hard because I those things, the law amendment and the BFM change just felt very rushed. You know, it was very yeah. pushed through. I know lots of people had to leave for one reason or another, and I just think that's not good business. Now, I mean, that's not a slide on anybody. That's the only way we could do it. It's the only way it was set, set up. But I don't know that, you know, we have the president's address. We have the convention sermon. Those things are traditions. We have, we spend a few time in the morning doing you know, honoring armed forces and other stuff. In years past, they've had big panels like Dave Ramsey was on a panel one year and stuff like that, like, or the year in Dallas that Mike Pence spoke. Like, we didn't have any of that stuff this year, but it still yeah. felt rushed. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's an, it's, an, it's an interesting observation I'm, about how there wasn't a lot of fluff like there were no musical guests like there have been some years like oh now presenting you know so and so and they they're out there performing a song before lunch um 
and and there was none of none of that but it was still packed which is i i wonder if i wonder if it's just that we we had a lot of time spent on business you know what i i do think chewed up an enormous amount of time was um the disfellowshipping which was was the majority of that was collecting ballots i think right yeah there's i mean you're collecting twelve thousand ballots and there's not really a fast way to do that Um, yeah i don't know when it comes time for when you're right though but that took three minutes for each church and three minutes for the response you know that's nine minutes 18 20 minutes just for the speeches and then collecting ballots in between there that's a good 30 minutes then that might have been a time that they brought forward the amendments or those other things they could have done that elsewise then that's something i'm not i don't I don't look forward to doing that every year. I hope we don't do that. No, I don't, you know, and uh, Bart said the thing I learned that there was a bylaw about the seminary lunches that you have to get out in time. That's to me, that's dumb. I think we're not there to have lunch. We're there, (laughs) you know, maybe if I was a seminary president, I'd feel different, but we're not there to have lunch. We're there to conduct business and do those things. I mean, that's why, my church sent me and that's why you're sent you and you know, we need to, we need to get in there and do the business that they don't care if I go to the seminary lunch and hear about whatever they're doing. They want me in yeah. the room doing that stuff. It's it. I think it's an interesting, um, it's, it's interesting to think through like, uh, how, what, what principles do they have when they try to run the clock or plan the meeting? You right. know, like what, I know, I know Bart was urgent or, or urging that they would get, a, that we would get a lot of business done and that there would be more time to speak to things. And, um, I, I feel like that was, um, I, I feel like we, we saw that in that the, um, the amendment to the BFM came out you know, the, uh, the law amendment went to the floor, you know, there was a, there was a commitment to let the messengers speak and do, and yet things still felt rushed. And I just wonder if that's, if that's just an effect of, of, of being focused on getting business done, you know, that, yeah that we're giving time to things. And so yeah, um, that might be, that might be part of yeah. it. And a lot of time each year is usually eaten up by people who don't, who don't know how to make motions, don't know how to make resolutions. They're spending time time to draw stuff out. You know, we had two people read their resolutions to us this year. Like that was, and I don't really have anything against what those guys were doing, but it was very tedious to come from the floor. And I mean, I understand I've had resolutions that have not been pulled out and, you know, you want to try to get them in front of people because it's important to you and all that. But it was very drawn out air. There's always somebody calling for time to extend business and discussion. And then that takes time, you know, and it's just, it, it gets very complicated. It's, it's interesting to me that, um, I feel like everybody comes to the meeting for different reasons, you know, like people, people show up. And so you kind of got to, I mean, with the amount of time that we've got, you've got to show up and say, how do I, 
how do I conduct my own business efficiently, weigh in on the things that I think are important, and then just kind of, is it suffer through the things that you don't think are interesting? You know, (laughs) for years, you know, when I came to the convention, I, I never did anything. I wasn't involved in any way. I would sit there and vote and all that, but I, I didn't feel like I was involved or getting my voice heard or something. And I think that's important to a lot of people, and that's a good opportunity to do it. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be heard. And so, but when you got 12,000 people wanting to be heard, it gets complicated. Yeah. So yeah. to sum all that up, uh, we don't know. We don't know the way to fix it, basically. Yeah. I, I, I do think, you know, I think the way that we fix it, honestly, like, um, so I've made motions two years in a row and, um, I think that, I think that the way that you do that is you prepare your comments, you know, pare it down, um, slim it down. Uh, I think that, um, there were people who were aghast that Rick Warren's microphone got shut off at three minutes and 10 seconds, but that's, that's. I mean, that's the assignment, right? Get it done in three minutes. Yeah. If you if you can preach for 25 on, on Sunday morning or you get to preach for 45, if, if the agreement with the congregation is you preach for a certain length, like you learn, you learn to cut off at that point. And that, um, I think that would be my main, my, my main encouragement to folks is just, man, be efficient and, and, and do the groundwork and try to figure out what you're trying to do before you jump in. Um, because there are a lot of people out there who will help you. Yeah. Um, I, that's what I've found is there are a if, lot of people who will try to help you figure out what you're trying to do. If anyone wants to send me their speech, I will edit it for you. I will cut it down that, and take out what is not necessarily. I've got plenty of red pens. I would be glad to do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That goes um, for seminary have... presidents, anybody. I'd be glad to do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, do you want to talk about the the changing of the VFM? Um, yeah. We've got that on our list. Of yeah. Stuff. yeah. The, uh, like I said, I, I, I don't have anything against the change. It was pretty innocuous, but it's not a good precedent. It's not a good precedent. If we can, and I, as I understand, Jared never had the idea that it would come out to the floor. He thought it was going to be referred. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Right. And the committee on order business certainly could have done that. So they chose not to. And uh, I think, and I would, I would like to see if it takes two years to change the bylaws, it should take two years to change the BFM. We should not be able to do that because now now I'm afraid next year people will try to stand up and add in their pet peeve about praying for Israel or whatever it is in in there. And that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. I know that um, I know that the way the motion was written and offered it, it was written in such a way that if it was not ruled out of order, that it had to be considered then at the meeting that the messengers gathered um, in New Orleans would vote on this. And so uh, it's either rule it out of order when it's not out of order, right? When it's properly right. ruled or it's, it's create, um, you know, create a process. Now somebody could have tabled it. Somebody could have voted to, there's a vote. Did you know this? There's a, a motion to commit where you would commit it to uh, a committee. I did not know that, but I'm going to start using that. 
I am telling Jared that I think it's going to be all the rage in Indy. Everybody's yeah. going to be like motion to commit. I, yeah. it, it'll be the new calling the question. Yeah, that got a little out of hand too. We need to have discussion about things. You don't just need to step up and call for the question right away. So as we're trying to wrap this up, tell me what was the high point of yeah. the convention for you? Um, you know, on a whim, um, and I, I think my Twitter account, the way I, I describe myself is um, that I'm like 90% serious and, and – <laughs> Uh, I mean, 90% silly and, and 10% serious. I got that backwards. Um, I decided to buy, I decided to buy 200 smiley face pins and uh, try to give them out to as many people. And man, on, on day two, uh, they start showing up on the video feed. You can see people going to the microphones and they've got their pins on. And man, every time somebody went or every time I saw somebody with a pin on, it was just, I don't know. It was fun. And, uh, and I, I think that as as big as we are and as serious as we are about things, like we can't forget the fact that um, some of the things that we're trying to fix and deal with are are bigger than our ability, you know. And and we I I do feel as a convention we got to lighten up because you can't collaborate in an environment where everybody's constantly tense and at war all the time. So, um, the smiley faces were my mild attempt at, um, you know, just kind of creating some, some community. And it was, it was a lot of fun. Cause I think a lot of people went with it. Yeah. I love seeing the, I just love seeing people, the conversations in the hallways, the over meals and lunches and those things, just getting to talk to people that I don't see any other time of the year and, uh, hearing about good work. We do a lot of good work. It was a heavy meeting. Like I said, I had my daughters in there as we're talking about women pastors and women in ministry and those things. And uh, it was a heavy time. But to me, the benefit is always, and even around the booth, there's lots of people, lots of ministries doing lots of good work. And everybody's trying to do the best they can to take it out. So uh, this is conventional wisdom. Uh, we are trying to uh, talk about the polity procedure people the Southern Baptist Convention. Again, we like to talk about mechanics and the behind the scenes and, and those things. And so I'm excited for this. We'll have some episodes coming up soon, Keith, right? Yep, that's right. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, uh, share it with your enemies, and uh, rate us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. But listen to a few episodes until we get all the kinks worked out and then give us a rating. That's right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you.